Who boy, do I have a treat for you guys today. On uh, this episode of the Boning Soul Podcast, I have uh, the Ranch Fairy. Uh, his his uh, real name is uh, Troy Fowler. Uh, you probably have heard or seen him on uh, on, on other stuff, other podcasts, other uh, you know, on the YouTube channel. He's got a YouTube channel called The Ranch Fairy. Um, he is uh, no joke. I mean, he's his at least his YouTube videos are kind of like out there. He's an out there, boisterous kind of guy, um, but he definitely gets his point across. Uh, he is all about um, uh, heavy arrows, high FOC. And um, actually, he's going to tell you in the episode that he is about failure or lack of failure. He, I guess, experienced enough stuff in his in his day and has seen enough um, uh, failures of arrows and arrow components and lack of penetration that uh, he decided to follow, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, head on into the whole uh, Ed Ashby theory of. Um, you know, high FOC, perfect arrow flight, uh, you know, bomb-proof components, um, you know, heavy arrow, that kind of thing. Uh, if you guys want to dig into the, um, the Ed Ashby stuff, you know, you can certainly go look at that stuff online. It, there's there's plenty of it. There's, uh, you know, you can read the Ashby studies, uh, the 12, uh, 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 what is it, 12 factors to, um, uh, you know, to building an arrow, to, to penetration, basically. So anyway, Troy's channel, uh, he shoots a lot of pigs. I mean, he shoots like a lot of pigs, and he shoots big pigs. And he has other people on, on you know, the ranch where he kind of manages uh, shoot lots of pigs too. So we get into this episode. We talk about we talk about everything. We talk about his uh, uh, you know his failures coming up to I guess uh, the realization that he needed to do something different. His uh, testing of you know various arrows, testing of various broadheads. We get into broadhead talk a little bit. We talk about components a little bit, and um, yeah, it's absolutely you know I, I've been wanting to talk to him for for a long long time. So if you uh, want to you know hear more about this guy or follow him some more, definitely go check it out. Go check out the Ranch Ferry. Uh, follow him on Instagram. He doesn't have a ton of stuff on Instagram, but his YouTube channel has a lot of stuff. And like I said, he's his personality is kind of out there. Um, his delivery is kind of out there, but absolutely, I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about and, um, he at least has, you know, the numbers, the body count, let's say of, uh, of tough to kill animals to back up, you know, everything that he's saying. So we had a really good conversation. I was really looking forward to this one. I find, I'm glad I, uh, I was actually able to nail him down for, um, for an interview. So. Um, that said, uh, we'll do uh, the housekeeping real quick. Again, if you want to support uh, the podcast, definitely, definitely, please leave a rating. Just leave a rating, five-star rating. Um, you don't necessarily have to re- leave a review, but ratings are absolutely huge. I mean, that's pretty much what the algorithms go on. So if there's one thing I ask you guys to do, please go leave a rating. And then uh, definitely share this on social media. Uh, go tell your friends uh, you know, who, who may be interested in it. Hell, go tell your friends who may not be interested in it. I don't care. Go tell people. And if you want to support the uh, YouTube channel, definitely go check out the Bowhunting Soul Soul YouTube channel. Got lots of videos out there. Um, If you're going to shop anywhere, please go and click through my links on on any of those videos. On on almost 99% of them, I have uh, links in the description. Uh, They go right to Amazon. We all shop at Amazon. I don't care what you buy. You can buy anything through there, but I get a commission back. Very minimal, but if enough of you do it, then, uh, you know, hey, it paid for this, uh, you know, way better microphone than than I was using before. So that's greatly appreciated. So uh, that, and then uh, the t-shirts, uh, Bohon, it's at the uh, the Teespring site, Teespring, uh, T-E-E spring.com slash Bowhunting Soul. Or if you just go to Teespring.com and look at the Bowhunting Soul uh, storefront, there are some archery related t-shirts in there. And I would appreciate if you, uh, you know, would, uh, would, would rep the merchandise kind of thing. So anyway, uh, with that said, we're going to get right into this episode with Mr. Troy Fowler, the Ranch Fairy. 
And yeah, all right. It looks like it's uh, says it's recording on my end. Yes, sir. Show yeah, it, it's uh, it, it it's amazing. I go through this with like everybody I try to get, and like half the time, this was actually record time. Half the time, trying to figure out like you know, was that you? No, is this your you know such and such dot whatever slash whatever? And they're like, oh nope, yeah. And then I'm I tried to build a, my own Skype, and it told me it hates me. And then my wife just was like, I've got to figure it out. I was doing one with the hunting public or somebody, and we were freaking mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So it's I just kept the wife's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so how many Emerald Oryx could there possibly be on here? And then That's it's right. like, oh, apparently there's a bunch. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How in the hell is that? You know? Yeah. So we're recording and uh, we're recording with uh, Mr. Troy Fowler, the Ranch Ferry. How's, how's it going? It's going quite well this evening. Thanks for having me on. I do appreciate all the opportunities to do podcasts with people. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to this, Troy, because I've watched you for a while now on your on your YouTube, and I've heard you on a bunch of other shows. And uh, I, I mean, for for those that don't know, you want to give like the really quick kind of brief brief synopsis of like what like what you're all about. Sure, no problem. So, I've <laughs> my little intro speech has changed a little bit. I'm actually about failure. So. I said this on a podcast on said ATA. I failed more than most people have, and I was seeking the solution. So that story is kind of dark and crazy, but I killed a really good deer about 12 years ago, and it's in the book, and it's the last one I ever put in the book. It scores about 150 inches with a friend of mine. It was a long day, and it's a great story, and I want to talk about that. But after that happened, I just don't care to shoot another deer. I don't know what's wrong with me. I want to hunt elk and other things. And I have mm-hmm. a bunch of nieces and nephews at the ranch and I take them deer hunting. And it's really fun to take a seven or eight year old kid out and have them blast down a deer. It's yeah. it's more rewarding to me than that. But big feral hogs and I have an understanding. I shoot them. That's the understanding. <laughs> and um, the failure piece is um, I was uh, got a moderately decent system at our ranch here in Texas to get big ones in front of me. And that may take 10 or 12 hunts, passing herds, not shooting the small ones, kind of like you hunt big whitetails. Like you just don't make mistakes with the other ones until the big ones come in. And a big one on our place is over 200 and I have a scale. So for all you clowns out there who think you've shot a 300 pounder, you need to buy a scale. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> because a 300-pound pig is an absolutely enormous animal. The best I've ever done is 265. And the reason we don't have bigger ones is our pigs work pretty hard. I don't have any agriculture around me, blah, blah, blah. Some mm-hmm. of the, There's places where there's a lot of agriculture and the pigs are absolutely enormous. Just fatten I just up, don't yeah. have that, right? Right. You know? And yeah, so, pe- people that think they shoot a 250-pound a hog – um get like a really they need a reality check sometimes with like you not quite sure what a 250 pound hog really looks they like. don't hang i mean they you just know? don't hang I mean, they just they're yeah. not as heavy as they look right they're a lot of skin there's a lot of meat there's a lot of stuff and then when you skin them finally they're not that big an animal right and so what happened to me was i fell in love with hunting the big ones and they're really smart even though i hunt over deer feeders and stuff there's there's you have to have a pretty good system Mm-hmm. I wear rubber boots. The wind's got to be right. My approaches are from half a mile away. I don't drive the scooter in with a bunch of beer and talk to my friends, you know, two hours before I hunt. <laughs> yeah. And there's beer drinking and driving around. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there's a lot of mistakes people make trying to hunt the big ones. 
Mm-hmm. And I kept losing them. It wasn't for lack of broadheads. It wasn't for lack of opportunity. I run the ranch as the ranch manager, and I'm down there all the time doing whatever, fences and crap. Right. And I always sneak off to go hunt. And I kept getting, you know, I'd get one on camera. I'd start trying to hunt him. It'd be 10, 12 hunts. I can't hunt certain stands because of the wind or whatever. Just don't go in there. Just leave it. Don't go in there. Yeah. <clears throat> Big boy would walk out, and I'd plunk him, and I'd get 12 or 14 inches of penetration and wouldn't find him. Yeah. I mean, to the tune of like 30% at one time. That's a high wound loss rate. Hey, before That's a before, high rate. before we dive right into this, because I am I am chomping at the bit because I, I I geek out uh, at this stuff like you do, so I'm so excited to yeah. talk to you. But so the ranch that you like you manage is this like a family ranch? This isn't like a hunting ranch that 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 you, you know people pay you to come on, right? I mean, it's like a family ranch. Right. And, it's just a and, family. It's a private piece of property in South Texas, and right. Our family's been on our my wife's family for a hundred years. And and this isn't your profession. This is just your passion, right? I mean, what do you what do you do yeah. what do you do in your in your real in your real world so i i have a pretty strong strong science bend to me and at one time i was going to be a respiratory therapist and i literally walked out of the last class of respiratory therapy school and said i am never gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> so along the way as we talk i have a background i had a cadaver for six months no I've shit held, i've had human lungs in my hand hearts i studied how to keep people alive with holes in their chest mm-hmm so you're going to hear medical terminology and stuff. That's because I can back it up. Right. So I got lucky in that. So my two years of respiratory therapy school are paying off at 50 in the bow hunting world. It's hilarious how that works out. So, so Lord, are you a respiratory therapist now too, or, or no? Is no, I'm registered and I did the testing and all that and I never did it. I'm a, I'm a cheesy sales guy for a medical gas company. Okay. And um, I've been doing that for 25 years. I'm, I'm a relationship, big high relationship sales guy and, just yeah uh, that's what i'm good at well you certainly have the charisma if anyone's ever like watched you or heard you right i mean you're i don't want to I, I don't know you're you're high charisma i mean you're 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 in your face kind of thing too but i mean like you certainly know how to get someone's attention right but you <laughs> yeah you, i pushed the you know? a little bit yeah and, and and you so okay so let's get back on uh what, what the, the road that you were heading on the the direction i kind of want to you know, take we can go wherever you want. We can talk about whatever you want to talk yep. about. But you are all about heavy arrows, high FOC, cut on contact. So take it away. I'm really about high success rates and efficiency. Yeah. And that that tracks back to a 30% kill rate at one time. So I got pissed off. This is five or six years ago. It's There's no reason to hunt them. I've got a 30-odd six. Mm-hmm. Right, I have multiple deer rifles. I have a couple of ARs chambered in 7.62 by 39. That is, they will blow them down. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. You know, you cork them under the ear. I don't care how big they are. They fall over. Yeah. So I got kind of pissed off. And I was just like, why am I, you know, why go around wounding them? I want to get them. And so I had no information. There was no, none of this. There's no inserts. There's no the only thing out there was Dr. Ashby's report. There's no YouTubes about it. It's, it's becoming a thing now. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. But I had nowhere to go. So I said, screw this. What I'm doing is not working. The what was your setup was, at the time? If, I, if you want to start oh, there. What, what, what was your setup? Was, that you was... know, switchback, 
XT, one of the best bows ever built. If you can get yeah. your hands on one, they're just an unbelievable machine, and they're super easy to shoot. Mm-hmm. And I've given all mine away to my nephews because they're just idiot-proof. And um, ICS 400, shooting 65 pounds, and every broadhead on Earth. Yeah. The only thing that changed a little bit was shooting a Magnus two-blade. Right. I, I started to kill a few of them with that, but shooting the flappers, the flappers are mechanical, everybody out there. Yep. So shooting the flappers, I shot three blades, I shot four blades, I shot two blades, I shot everything. I shot the Schwacker, Rage, all that stuff. And Matt, I shot Muzzies, Thunderheads, and the results and were kind of guess, the same. You were about 400 grain total, right? Somewhere yeah, around yeah. there? I was shooting yeah. a, a classic yeah. today's setup. Yeah. There's, there was nothing else. You go to the shop, and that's what they say works. And they just say pigs are tough. And I was like, okay, I don't have any help here. And I'm not normal. And if you watch my channel on the Ranch Mary channel, you'll figure yep. that out in about the first three seconds. <laughs> and I said, to hell with everyone, which is my natural bend. I'm going to do what no one's doing because what I'm doing is not working. Yeah. And I built, I said, okay, if Ashby's right, I'm going to go stick bow which I have a long background. I have a couple of Osage orange stick bows. I have a self bow and I've got a 70 inch 21st century. That's just actually a dream. <clears throat> it took me three days to figure out how to bear shaft to him. Cause there was nothing on that. Mm-hmm. I was going over 100, 650 grains. I ground down two grizzlies to the width. That was called the grizzly extreme under an inch wide. And I said, I'm going to put everything that Ashby, Dr. Ashby said to work because he was killing buffaloes with it. And he killed two rhinoceroses with a bow. Yeah. Because I got nothing. I mean, what the hell did I got to lose? What am I going to shoot them and they run off? I got that, you know? Right. You already, <laughs> already got that going on. Yeah. So I get my little my stick and I got my thing tuned up. I bear shaft tuned it. I got it perfect. It was 670 grains, 54 pounds. I pull about 27 inches realistically. It's a 28 inch bow. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, I'm 28, but I never get there because yeah, stick bow shooting's a little crowded up. And I go strolling around. I'm looking for a test pig. You know, a hundred pounder. Yeah. Something you know, just a test on. <clears throat> I amble up on the biggest pig I've killed to date. He's 265. He's got five inch cutters because I got his Jeez. skull sitting right here. And I say, Good Lord, yeah, I man, come on. And he's just massive. So I said, Here we go. And I ease up on him about 17 yards, and he looks at me rather apathetically and, court, and he quarters to me. And I said, well, if, if Dr. Ashby's right, this is going to work. And I shot him right between the head and the shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. It made no sound on impact and disappeared. This was not a normal experience for me. Yeah, up until I'm then. used to walk this really loud sound and 12 inches of penetration. It right. literally went chut and the fletchings disappeared in his body. And he went down. And I thought I broke his pelvis. He's spinning on the ground, and I'm standing there with my mouth hanging open saying, what in the hell just happened? That arrow's going 140, you know, on a windy day shooting downhill. Mm -hmm. And it just disappeared in his body. 
Well, he gets up and he's got this look on his face like, holy crap. And he runs by me about three yards from, I could have kicked him. And he was just leaving. I don't have a sidearm. <laughs> I'm just yeah. completely <laughs> dumbass out there. So I nonchalantly wing another one at him and I don't hit anything but trees or whatever. And he runs off. So I knew the hit was full length, but I didn't know how good it was. So we left him for four hours. We come back four hours later. There's good blood. It popped out his rear ham, cut the arteries back there. Mm-hmm. Easy blood trail. Yeah. And we get in the thick crawling around stuff and he gets up. And my buddy says, holy crap. That was like a cow. I said, he's big, you know? So we backed out, came back four hours later, and he, went, he didn't go 50 yards from that. So he went, and totally went 150 yards. I shot through four feet of pig. Yeah. And from that on, I just said, to hell with it. If I shot something that durable and shot full length through him, I'm not going back. I'm not. So it wasn't for lack of shooting stuff. It wasn't for lack of shooting stuff. And that thing still took that long to die, too, huh? Four or five hours. Yeah, sure. So it was a one lung. Oh, you know, yeah. Through the guts, quartered, yeah. through the liver. Yeah. It was quartered in hard. Like it went right. through one lung, probably the top of one lung. Didn't get a lot of it. I didn't really do an autopsy. I was just freaking out. I was so happy I got him. Mm-hmm. And went through his, went through him and popped out his ham, but it didn't cut the femoral artery. It would have been spraying. I was just, just going to ask, yeah, because, yeah, yeah it's one, if you clip that one, you know, it's it's up high and just in front of, the, like, the rear ham, right? Yeah, no, this was, okay. like, dead center above his, yeah. you know, it came out above his knee. So, it was he was bleeding pretty good out of the meat. Right. But it wasn't, but he didn't go anywhere. He went 120 yards, maybe. Yeah, but you went end to end through a 265-pound, you know, basically, like, like ball of meat, basically. You know. It's it's a it's a freaking dinosaur. They're yeah. they're just they're incredible animals. Yeah, they're 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 super tough. I've I've hunted them um, up until this past year. I've always hunted them with a rifle, and I've probably mm-hmm. shot like ten or twelve of them. Um, and I've shot them with everything from thirty odd sixes to thirty thirties to an eight millimeter Mauser. You know, yeah, I mean sure. everything, right? They all go down. Um, this past year, I actually I shot one you know, over a feeder uh, <clears throat> with. I ended up shooting one with my compound. Yep. And, um, you know, that was with, uh, you know, it, I mean, I pull on that one, it's an elite pure, right? Again, kind of in the same vein as like a Matthews kind of easy to, you know, easy to yeah, shoot sure. super, you know, not, not heavy, whatever, not, it's not a speed demon by any means. Yep. So my arrow for that one was a 455 grains, uh, which I know we're going to get into adult arrows. That's not quite an adult <laughs> arrow by your, yeah. uh, by your standards. The skeet load. You're good. Yeah. Skeet load still. And uh, had a two blade Zwicky Escalite on there, right? That's a good choice. It is um, until you keep filing the damn thing because you shoot so much, you know, and and, and, and practice with your broadheads because you, you file yeah. it and file it, sharp it and file it. So yeah. uh, a broadhead that starts off like, you know, yay long with, you know, inch and a sixteenth wide pretty soon is barely an inch wide and like maybe like two thirds as long as you started, you know. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it zipped right through. I'm only shooting like 53 pounds on this thing, right? So that arrow I chronographed, it goes 221 feet per second. Yeah. I'm not, I don't chase speed. I don't chase whatever. So I, I do want to get down this road with you a little bit. We can go down now or we can keep talking about the stick bows because I shoot that too. Um, you know, with uh, w- with that one, I, I'd really like to be above 500. For some reason in my head, I got it above 500. But I'm like, man, I'm already only going 221 feet per second. Um, for some reason, I can't get over that mental block of, man, I don't want to go much slower than that. 
you know, with with that bow. With that, I know, I know, it doesn't matter. As I say, it's just a mental thing, you know. Um, I've got a forty-three pound bow, and I'm shooting six hundred and sixty off of it. A compound or compound, yeah. Yeah. So that's probably breaking on that. eighty, yeah. right? I mean, it, it can't break 180, 190 feet per second. I'm guessing. Oh hell no! You can outrun yeah. it. Yeah. I'm shooting a kinetic Pierce two fifty. I don't know how it flies. It's 26 inches long. I got a 26 inch draw on that bow. I've got it intentionally shortened up like a kid bow. Mm-hmm. It's 43 pounds. And I'm shooting 300, 420 grains up front. No, 300 and some odd grains up front. I don't know what it is. Right. The arrow's 680. It's probably wow. 28% FOC. Yeah. It's an absolute meat axe. Nothing stops it. Nothing. Yeah. Have you ever, have you gotten to a point where like how, how much tests have you done, testing have you done with like really low poundage stuff? So you say you got that 43 pounder and in my mind and you know, people always ask and, and I've never gone down, you know, uh, you, you know, shot, I, I haven't shot nearly, you know, the amount of stuff that I want to shoot. Right. Yep. So, you know, I'm still trying to build, I love tinkering. I love tinkering with the bows. I love tinkering with the arrows. I love tinkering with the front end components. I love doing all this stuff. Yep. So but you know you get to a point where you're like man this flies so good and i get good results and this and that and i know you can kind of lull yourself into a false sense of security how low do you think you can get a i don't know an arrow to to, to you know as far as speed wise before it really starts to lose its its effectiveness and inability to penetrate. You know what I mean? Like if I were to stand in front of you with my let's let's say I build like a 650 grain arrow and I yep. throw it at you at like 10 feet per second, right? It's probably not going to go through you. You know, like at what point? Yeah. So Doctor Ashby okay, actually enough? tested that, and yeah. he sh- he was shooting, he was getting exit holes on Asiatic buffalo with a 40 pound recurve. And 650 plus grain arrows. From how far? 20 yards. Wow, really? All of all the testing in Dr. Ashby's studies at 20 yards. I've read. I've read. I mean, there's a lot there. I've I've read yeah. a lot of that. And I've, I've I've watched it. <coughs> stuff and you know and i and i am a proponent proponent of you know the high foc you know a lot of a lot of what he espouses you know so i try to i try to go that direction without going extreme and i know extreme for me is different than extreme for you you know and a lot of people but i've just always wondered like you know you always hear about you know 650 650 and then low poundage i mean but um well 650 doesn't matter until you hit something hard yeah so he's got 12 penetration enhancing factors. I'm a me- board member of the Ashby Foundation. So ashbybowhunting.org is our boat is our website. We just yeah. activated and we're running around getting ready to act, restart and do more of his testing. He's a friend of mine now. He lives about four hours of me. Yep. And he's got a lot of questions. Like he's a super curious dude. He's like, it did, it's not over. He broke his back, or he'd he'd have kept testing. Yeah. And. 650 grains is the thing everybody looks at, but it's number 12. Until you hit something hard, then it's about number three. Okay. So you shoot a 650 grain arrow, it's like a freaking lightsaber. Is there a minimum speed associated with that at all? No. All of his testing was with stick bows. He shot pretty outrageous poundage. He shot 80, 90 pounds. Right. But he did a lot of testing with a 40 pound recurve and had no, he said he'd go, he'd go today and go with a 40 pound recurve and a 650 grain arrow and go shoot Asiac buffaloes till he was 
he wouldn't even have a he wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. And the 12th fat, we don't necessarily have to talk talk about all of them, but I mean, the important stuff is perfect aero flight, right? Well, number um, one, structural integrity. If anything breaks, you're freaking screwed. And then okay. the second one is perfect aero flight. And those are the two things I've been focusing on on my channel is trying to get people to test their their equipment to the point that the arrows are perfect. Mm -hmm. That helps a lot. I, I 100% agree. I, There's I, no I, doubt that a perfectly flying arrow and everybody out there, the way to do this, I'm the only person out there who's got this kind of information. So, yeah, I'm going to pump my channel. Yeah, Go yeah. to my playlist. It says high FOC arrow builds. And I have a video called uh, heavy arrow hand load. And that process is very simple. For I watched over it the 60, other night, actually. Yep. Yeah. For shooting over 60 or 60 pounds and you got a normal draw length, get a 300 spine arrow and a 250 stock inserts and then ethics archery sells a thing called the ranch Ferry test pack i get no compensation for it but it's a 200 225 250 275 and 300 grain field point mm -hmm. and you shoot all of them and one of them or two of them are going to be magic right and then from there you can you can either shoot a heavy point heavy broadhead or you can buy ethics inserts say 100 grains say 250 is your perfect arrow combination you can get 100 grain insert 150 grain head blah 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 you can make some match so they make all kind of cuttable stuff and all that so you can super tune the whole thing right and then there's and then there's your there's your so okay the i guess the, the if a guy were to start you know building this thing right so you're gonna say um Let's say, let, let's say like a, you know, your average 60 pound, let's talk compound for now. And then we can yeah. jump with the stick bows because I want to yeah. dive into that too. Um, 60 pound compound, got, got, you know, 28 inch draw, whatever. Okay. You're yep. saying, okay, so go out, get yourself, you know, whatever you're, I don't know where you'd cut it, 28, 29 inch arrow, something like whatever, that. Whatever length you shoot. I, and yeah. I think it's a, honestly, it's a tube with a broad head and a knock on the other. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Whatever flavor you like, I've got no freaking loyalty to that. Now, what it what what is your opinion on the the micro diameter stuff? Because a lot of the micro diameter stuff, unless well, ex except for a few, are not as are not as durable. And when we're trying to chase FOC, a lot of times guys end up going down the the light grains per inch route. Yeah, sure. Which no, is you probably want light grains per inch. So there's a shaft. There's an arrow you do not want to buy, and that's the full metal jacket because it's a piece of crap. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. And the hit system is an absolute piece of garbage. You're going to slip them and they're going to blow the ends out. I've got pictures and I've got shafts that look like a flower with a broadhead buried down six inches into it. Don't get full metal jackets. You do not want a heavy arrow. You want a moderately light grain per inch arrow and a heavy point. My right. opinion on the micros is they're a pain in the ass currently. The components are kind of wonky. Yeah. You can't really get lighted knocks, which I like. They screw up your FOC, but they're fun. They're, you should be shooting them, I think, too. You see where your arrow hits. They're fun on mm -hmm. video. Yeah. They're really a good tool. They're kind of a pain in the ass for micros, but micros out-penetrate everything. They don't drag. Right. Everything just kind of drafts in behind the— So I go know. in the middle. Yeah. I shoot 204s. I'm running Rampage, Spartan, Black Eagles right now. Right. Kinetics, that kind of stuff. I shoot the middle. So, so that's like components, uh, it's pretty axis, easy. right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's like an axis. What do you think of the axis? Because that, because that, you know, a They're lot of fine. people love just them. Don't put the just. You can buy Easton arrows. Don't buy the Full Metal Jacket. It's a piece of crap. They micro right. bend. They're terrible. I'm telling right. you, they're terrible. But the axes are good. Just don't shoot the hit. It's a piece of crap. It's gonna blow out. And I'm gonna have people comment later. Oh, shoot them and it'll blow out. It's gonna happen when you hit something hard. And there's a lot of hard stuff in deer. Yeah. Now, what what if you um a, a lot of guys will use a hit insert, but then they'll they'll do like an aluminum footer to kind of strengthen okay. up their front end. What okay do you think of that? that? Yep. And yep. then they came out with the bar thing, that ring thing they built. Why did they build that? Because they know the hit sucks. Right. So, if you're going to shoot the hit system, you can get Iron Will's hit system with the, with the sleeve on it. Yep. Cool. Do that. Get the bar. Something. Protect the end of that arrow. Yeah. So for, for those who aren't familiar with it, right, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people shoot axis, but the ax, the, the hit system, is it's, got, it's the hidden insert, right? So it's, right. it's inside, and there's no flange at the tip of the carbon. There's no, like, lip. There's no flange. So right. when it hits something... You're basically you're uh, if the epoxy is not is not doing its job, number one, it'll kind of move inside the shaft when the broadhead or field point or whatever. And yeah. it drives the back of that broadhead or the field tip or whatever right into the carbon. It, right, and that's what the ma- end of the carbon it... arrow. Everybody needs to understand this. The end of the carbon arrow is a gazillion little fibers. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at it on end. You know, even if it's spiral right. wound or, you know, whatever different manufacturer, it's not, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna mushroom. So unless you, unless you, um, you know, kind of support the front end or kind of have like a little, uh, like a lip Twitter of some sort on there. Yeah. It's, it's gonna mm-hmm. mushroom. So that's, so that's why. It so, could, it could. So what you're trying to eliminate, and I said this earlier, I'm about efficiency. Yeah. So that you're just, you're just going to eliminate that from the equation, the possibility that it could occur is higher shooting the hit straight. It just right. is. Yeah. And if a deer drops or you shoulder blade one or something like that, stuff you can't control. Yeah. You know, you can call me and we can cry about it, or you can just get a footer or get a sleeve or buy a real arrow or go to ethics and get real inserts. It's, right. It solves one thing to make you more efficient. Uh, yeah, this goes to the uh, you were saying the number one uh, part, uh, part number one in the structural in the, integrity. Well, structural integrity. So what'll happen? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you can you can imagine what what's happening, right? It, it the arrow goes in, and, and it's not necessarily even if your arrow's flying straight, it's not necessarily always once it once it makes contact with the skin or anything under the, it all bets are off. Cause it can, it can, it can bend, it can whip, it can kind of, um, you know, kind of the back of the arrow, you know, like the front kind of spikes in, right. And then the back of the arrow can, can, um, you know, deflect in a certain direction. And if the, the, the greatest point of pressure is right at the front of that arrow, right? So you got this big lever at the back that's trying to like kind of whip Correct. one way or another. If the front of the arrow is not, um, uh, just incredibly solid, then you have like a weak point there that snaps, and it usually snaps right behind the insert. Is that, that happens what you... on Woody's a lot too? Right, right. <clears throat> so uh, that's that's kind of what we're talking about here is trying to you know to beef up that that front end. Um, now, having said that, I, I got a question for you. Um, yep. A lot of times you see the question out there, man. I really want to do this high FOC. Um, <coughs> You know, if, if a guy was not going to do 
Uh, we'll talk about some of the better, like kind of deeper, longer inserts, internal footers in, in a little bit here. Um, cause, cause the ones from ethics and the ones from, um, you know, iron will, that kind of stuff, Valkyrie, they tend to be pricier, right? And I know what you're probably going to say, Hey, what price do you want to put on something? You know, is it worth losing game? I get it, but there's still going to be guys out there going, okay, look, um, I want this FOC stuff. I want, you know, uh, can I just put a brass insert up there? And, yeah. uh, you know, I got a brass insert and I've got, uh, you know, a, a heavy, a heavy broadhead. Yep. Or so, shoot, I've shot stock inserts and heavy broadheads and they've done well. Okay. That's, that's what I'm getting at because what's never talked about, and I don't know what your experience is because I, I, I don't have the experience with it, with it failing or not failing is if you look at a, like, I like to put brass inserts in, right? I've got 50 grains and I've got hundred grain brass inserts in my, in my stick bow stuff. Yep. But the 50 grain brass insert is the same length as an aluminum insert. So I shoot gold tips a lot. So I've got, yep. you know, they come with those uh, 12 grain acolytes, right? Not yep. the strongest things around, but you know, by the time you put that, that, that acolyte, that, that aluminum insert in, it's acting like an internal footer, obviously inside the arrow. And then when you screw in a broadhead or you screw in, you know, a field point and you've got the, the, the shank basically and the threads of, you know, whatever you're screwing in, uh, kind of shores up the inside of that insert. So that makes yep. it pretty solid. So I got to thinking, does it really matter that we're not talking about weight? Let's just say like total upfront weight. We're going to get there, whether we have a 50 grain brass and say like a 200 grain point or a 12 grain, you know, aluminum and like a 200 and, you know, 50 grain. Point, I don't whatever, think it matters. Right? I shot a pig. I shot a 225 pound boar with a 600 grain Bishop with aluminum insert. Yeah. So, so, so the end result. It's just because I couldn't, I didn't have the components. So that was my own choice because I, the heaviest point at that time I could build was 500 grains. Right. So I practiced with a brass insert of 100 grains and a 500 grain point I cobbled together, and right. that's 600. And then I said, okay, well, and it was, you know, shooting out of a 65 pound boat, it's a thousand thirty grains or something. Jesus. I just wanted to see what would happen, and. um to match it, I had to put an aluminum insert in because it starts to get pretty critical <laughs> when you get over a thousand grains of bone oh, yeah. pushes back. And uh, so that's how I did that. And it went right. I mean, the pig got had a bad freaking day. Yeah. But I mean, but that's that's a pretty well like shored up, you know, internally kind of I call it internally footing, you know, just as a most example, people don't want to. You know. Most people don't want to jump off. And buy a VPA that's 250. Their their friends will think they're insane. Most people want to shoot. They want to shoot their broadheads. Yeah. Normal broadheads, and then they'll hide everything from their friends. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's yeah. It's tough walking into any normal archery shop. I mean, if you ask for a field point or for anything, you know, above you know 125 grain, you kind of look at you like, well, huh? Why would you want to oh, do yeah, that? Oh yeah. The shop here, um, they kind of half-ass know that I have a channel, but most of them don't. And, uh, I don't even take my real arrows in. If I have a bow problem, I don't know much about bow tuning and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good with the bow themselves. Yeah. If I got an issue, I just take 500 grainers in there and I just act like it's normal and they don't even talk to me. I don't take my normal arrows 760. Right. Right. I don't take those in. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I don't, I don't know that we got, got an answer though. Have you had fail any, well, you probably haven't had failures, but the I've failures had brass, so failures on inserts and I don't call them failures. So it's because of where I shoot. 
so I am trying to break the offside shoulder every time I kill a, I shoot a pig. Right. I'm either shooting them now. I'm starting to shoot them quartering in with a tough head and shoot them right. I'm trying to break them. I'm trying to make them not run. Right. If they're quartering away, I'm aiming for the opposite shoulder, and I anchor a lot of arrows in pigs, and they bend. They bend the brass inserts, and okay. that is because they run off, and they get lateral pressure. Yeah, it's in shear. You know, it's just stuck, the, yeah. they're not. It's not designed to handle. You know, you're grabbing the broadhead with a pair of pliers and bending the shaft. That's right. not the direction any of this stuff is designed to survive. Yeah. So. If I plunk one, I break about eight out of ten arrows when I'm hunting. I, right. just, I consider them disposable. If I shoot them right, one of their legs ain't working when they run off. Yeah, the offside one. And yeah. usually the inserts are bent or something's bent. Usually something's I've bent the inserts and the broadhead's fine. And if they're going to snap, I mean, they're still going to snap behind the insert if they do, right? I mean, is that is that what you find? No, you know, I, I guess is really what I'm trying to get at. The pig. They usually break off wherever they come out of the pig. Okay. So the insert will bend in there and uh, kind of anchor, and they'll run over and fall. And then I'll usually find the arrow somewhere along the trail. I shoot lighted knocks at night. I do a lot of night hunting, and I tape the lighted knocks on with a little bit of electric tape Mm -hmm. so that they'll stay in the shaft. And I bet 40% of the pigs have the arrow in them, and I go out there and I just turn the lights off. And I wait, and I walk around, and you'll see it. Okay, walk over there. Here's your pig. Mm -hmm. And if it breaks off, you can advance, right? You kind of know where he ran. Right. He goes off into booger stuff, and then you're moving along. You see the knock. You just walk up there. You start there, and you've advanced 50 yards, and they usually aren't much further than that. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't I don't mess around with uh, with lighted knocks. I've never you know had a you know they're they're cool to watch you know and they're they're cool in, in flight and stuff. I just I just it was one less thing for me to fiddle faddle with you know. Um, oh no, I, I mean I just never really got into the them. Ass, but you know? for what I do, which is mostly real late or ten thirty at night, they are a tremendous tool. They're good on video for my videos, but oh yeah, they're a killer tool for finding them. Yeah, they're a killer tool for tuning as well, if you know what you're looking for. You know, yeah. uh, you can see that kind of wobble or porpoising or you know, that kind Absolutely. of stuff. So, yep. You know, yeah. So, you know, in my in my efforts, like I said, I, I swap in. So, I mean, I do, <coughs> I do, I do the, uh, uh, you know, hot milk glue for a lot of this stuff, right? Just for, you sure. know, testing and, you know, back. Because yep. I probably take apart arrows at least once a week. And I'll swap this around. I'll swap that around. And then, you know, I'll put, I'll try one. It's like, well, you know, I don't have quite have the... Um, you know, because I bear shaft tune everything too, and I don't quite yep. have the you know, let's say this particular uh, you know point weight with this particular insert. So I'll take out the brass and I put in the you know the aluminum, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to run aluminum, but like I you know what I got to thinking like, okay, well these again, these are like the same length, and if they're going to break behind the insert, they're still going to break behind the insert, and if they're going to bend, well, I mean they're they're going to bend because you're hitting something pretty solid, you know, until yeah, there's too you know, much. There's too much. I get a lot of that on emails from people and stuff, and they're whining about their. They've got a dead deer. Yeah. And they're whining about their broken arrow. I couldn't. I'm just like, come on. How far did deer go? Well, it ran 40 yards, but the arrow broke. I had one guy shoot through a deer and with a cutthroat 
and just 600 grains or something just, I mean, smoked it. It didn't mm-hmm. even run. It just hopped, walked over and fell over, went 20 yards. Yeah. It hit a rock after it passed through and went so through so fast, it bent the insert. Yeah. He just kind of pissed off. And I was like, we got, he said, we got to shore these things up. And I'm like, okay, you shot a deer. It went 20 yards. I, I don't care after that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Make and, and I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about after the things all the way through. You know, I'm, I'm talking about as it's beginning to penetrate, as it's going through rib, as it might, you know, maybe going through, you know, like, let's say the leg comes back or whatever, as the arrow's going through. So the whole structural integrity thing we were talking about. So the front end stays um, together while it's penetrating until it gets, you know, to where it's going to get to. And then it can do whatever the hell it wants. I agree with you once it's, you know, once well, it's done. So the impact thing is done. an interesting discussion. So the biggest weakness of a mechanical broadhead is at impact mm-hmm. and having the broadhead, having the blades deploy at different times. There is no getting around this. Yeah. The blades, you have to shoot a perfectly flat surface and you have to be perfectly 90 degrees from it to have perfect deployment. And when you see the slow-mo videos and all this marketing crap, they never show angled shots. No. Because it, it's not as good. Now, this is why you see wounds that are five inches long. You don't see exit holes. Right. So what happens on a quartering shot is the mechanical hits, the inside blade starts to deploy, the other blade... There's a big, there's a pretty significant space between it and flesh. Yep. It rotates on a radius. The other blade deploys. It's traveling down the side of the critter mm-hmm. and then tries to go in. It's the greatest weakness without a doubt. We're seeing with, you know, good, decent cut on contact heads and is that doesn't occur. They just, choop, no sound, whoop, yep. and they just go. There has been some study on s- skip angles on that, mm-hmm. and um, the real aggressive short like uh, fixed blade heads can skip, but the long skinny ones and single bevels, they're so efficient on impact, they don't even make noise. I've had multiple people say, I shot my first deer, you know, you helped me tune up at 580 grainer. I put a single bevel on front. He said, and I have had multiple people say, I thought I freaking missed. Yeah. And the deer runs over and falls over. And he says, guess I didn't miss. Because it just goes through him like freaking lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not seeing that on the videos, on the TV shows and stuff. You hear this loud pop. We got 14 inches of arrow sticking out. And a deer haul ass. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It exactly. doesn't help. It doesn't yep. help. <clears throat> no, it doesn't help. And um, you're you're right about that that that's that impact angle thing that you were saying with with how they deploy differently. I don't I don't think people give that enough um, enough thought because I've also heard where um, you know if they hit at a severe enough angle that blade and I and I, I've never once come across a mechanical that I consider hunting sharp. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm, I, obs- I obsess hammer. about sharpening. I file sharpen everything, and um, you know, like like hair shaving sharp. And I mean, like everyone says that. I mean, genuinely, my, I, I'm hair shaving sharp. And um, you know, 
it, it it's it seems that you know unless like the point digs in i think you know let, let, let's talk like a big like kind of big long bladed mechanical right i don't care what it is a rage a freaking uh um, nap whatever you know yeah. um they don't, they don't necessarily start penetrating right away if they're coming at an angle like i mean i i've i've seen or heard you know um kind of slow-mo stuff of this where it's actually kind of skipping and sliding a little bit you know like you said so that's why you get that bigger gash looking you know entry sure. wound sometimes it's totally before. it's totally linear and that yeah exactly and it's and it's a total waste of energy number one not just deploying the the, the blades but um you know sliding and skipping sideways instead of penetrating in well that's one of the you know? things that people don't understand is when that occurs the ass end of the arrow is bending in the direction that the arrow is traveling right it's called impact paradox i have an impact paradox video mm-hmm. go see that and so it is bending and then it's going to whip back yep so it's going to be whipping back and forth as this thing tries to go in dumping energy like crazy and it's also hitting the wound it's literally hitting the side of the animal mm-hmm. as it tries to penetrate it's flapping like a metronome. Yep. I was just going to say metronome. Yep. So it just, if, if you're going to shoot a mechanical broadhead, whatever, people are going to do it. It's fine. Not going to stop. Gotcha. Just take broadside shots and try to hit them in the ribs and the lower one third, but don't take any other angle. Yeah. That's what I recommend. That, this, that also underscores the importance of um, a high FOC. Right, arrow, because um, the less weight you have flapping back and forth, you know, um, yep. whipping back and forth, yep. it's it's it, you know it's it's easier to start and stop, start and stop, because basically it's going left, right, left, right. It's accelerating one way, stopping, accelerating another way, stopping. We're talking Correct. like the, the knock end of the arrow as it's trying to wiggle worm its way through the animal, right? Correct. So the less weight that is like out back, you know, behind the tip. The, it, at least if it's going to wiggle back and forth, it can start and stop quicker um, instead of expending more energy. So if you so I explain to, to people like this because it's a little easier to, to grasp. Somewhere around 19% FOC, the point overwhelms the shaft. And you stop shooting an arrow. So you're when you're under that, and most people are at about 10 you are shooting an arrow that is driving the broadhead. That's yeah. the classic idea. We've all hit a nail with a hammer. If you haven't, go out in your garage and hit a nail with a hammer. Sometimes you miss and it bends or goes cockeyed. Mm-hmm. You've got to hit it really plumb and practice a lot before you're good at it. I built fences one year and I would, after about two weeks, I was the man. One whack jack, you know, I was good at it. Anyway... Yeah. <clears throat> somewhere around 19% FOC the points you're shooting a you're shooting a 250 grain bullet with a tail and the bullet penetrates right and it happens to have a flight device on the bullet right that's what happens it's amazing about 550 grains all, all front loaded, moderately normal GPI. Yeah. And front load the shaft. You start to see this insane, these, it just, it's like it's effortless 
Rib shots are hilarious. Just zip, and whatever, zip, deer, yeah, hilarious. I mean, I got people shooting from the ground, and the freaking arrow goes further than the freaking deer. Yeah, yeah, he goes I like, the I like, deer further. I like to make the analogy too with that with that whole kind of lighter, you know, you know, the front end weight lighter, um, in any kind of it for side impacts too, you know, where where people are concerned with, you know, if it hits if it hits something hard, and you get that side. Uh, the side load of the whipping of the arrow and then, you know, potentially like breaking again behind the broadhead kind of thing. If you hold out, you know, what, what, you know, let's say, you know, you were the broadhead and you hold your arm out, let's say, and that's the rest of the arrow, right? If in your hand you hold out, let's say, straight like a baseball bat and you whip it to the left and whip it to the right. Well, it yeah. takes a little bit of effort to accelerate that and then stop it and then accelerate that and stop Correct. it. Accelerate, you know, but if you were to take like a um, uh, like a gift wrap tube, like a cardboard tube, I mean, you can whip the thing side to side, left and right, super, super quick, right? Imagine the same thing is happening with the arrow as it's trying to wiggle worm its way through an animal when it's whipping back and forth. That's right. where the energy savings, you know, are happening with a higher FOC. Um, uh, so that's why shaft. you want yeah. you want the uh, you want the cardboard tube. With an anvil on the front. You want the cardboard tube with an anvil on it. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, let's switch gears to stick bows. A lot of the same stuff is going to apply. Um, with um, with my stick bows, um, I'm shooting right now pretty low poundage. I'm only shooting like like 40 pounds. Uh, my okay. highest one's like 43. Okay. A 27-inch draw. Um I, I, I ended up there because, well, long story. I can shoot higher, but I, I don't have a higher poundage uh, bow yet because I, I got these bows when when I first started, you know, learning to shoot and stuff before I like fully, you know. Yeah, that's smart uh, though because you can pull them. I can pull them, you but then start at the with time, a 60 actually, pounder, like, you'll never be good. No, and I was pulling about like 30 inches, you know. But then after time, and you know, my my form got better, and I got you know really good, and and then you know I realized that like my my in the world, real world, I can do this every time. Hit my clicker, draw length is about 27, 27 and a quarter. You know, okay. I can pull damn near 29, 30 inches standing at you know in in an inside shooting, you know, at a, at the range, you know, perfectly upright. The yep. problem, but and I know you're supposed to have your upper body T form at all times. Uh, I don't, I don't and, believe any of that. Crap. You know what? No, well, I, I believe that it gives you perfect alignment, but so I, I'm a realist. Or something. Yeah, I, I'm a realist. <laughs> I know, I know that I do not get to do that in the field when I'm nope. shooting in a downward position, when I'm shooting off the ground, when I'm shooting down on one knee, when I'm twisting around. You know, and, and practice. I practice all the stuff. I'll practice on, you know, on the ground, and I'm like, okay, what if something comes out at my nine o'clock? Well, you're kind of t- pivoting around, and and you you don't have the the right. So, anyway. what arrows are you shooting at 43 pounds? Okay, so I'm shooting a. Uh, they are 560 grains. Oh, so, good for you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I I like heavy on that. <laughs> all my bows are going anywhere from 141 to 145 feet per second. Okay. okay. Um, they and they they are. Uh, 24% FOC, I believe. Beautiful. So, um, that's what I've settled on for those, and I really like the tra- the trajectory. I I was up to 610 for a little while, and for some reason I convinced myself that I, I you know out to 20 yards fine, and I don't care to shoot past 20 yards. You yeah. know, 20 is like I got to really concentrate on 20. You know, 15, 13 yards, whatever. It's like you know my my gimme distance, but um, I will say with that that on that same pig hunting trip that i just took you know uh 
I hit a pig, but I completely messed up the shot. It was a 13-yard chip shot. Never found the pig. 100% my fault. You know, that was with the recurve. Um, you know, but but if everything goes right, you know, my my comfort distance is like, you know, 13, 15 yards, boom. It it's okay. it's, you know, I'm 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 happy and my trajectory is happy there. But so this latest build, I'm actually shooting a gold tip uh traditional um well, depending on the bow, I've got 600s and 500s, but they both weigh in between 550 and 560. And they both end up being um, uh, 24% FOC. What do you want on the front? Well, um, this is all with the caveat that I have yet to shoot anything with a stick bow. Okay. So what I've been shooting, what I've been practicing with is uh, I've got Zwicky Eskimos, okay. uh, which, uh, you know, I, I get sh- shaving, shaving sharp. And I recently just got um, some some uh, swamp sharks, uh, cinnamon swamp sharks. So I have not tested those yet. I have not oh. shot those yet. Is that the great, great big one? Or is it's that just big the one, one that's like an inch and five, six inch or something? Well, it is an inch and it's, it's over an inch and a half. Okay. It's over an inch and a half. And I was going to kind of pick your brain about that too, because... Again, people seem to swear by them. They love them. Huge, you know, huge holes, that kind of stuff. But they're shooting heavier poundage than I'm shooting. Um, and, you know, and I don't know. And, and in the stick bow world, it seems like everyone's shooting like a relatively heavy arrow, you know. So it's not like I'm comparing it to like a 380, you know, 80 grain arrow, you know. You're just going to have to be picky on your shot selection with that great big head. Yeah. You're not going to be able to shoot them anywhere. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Just accept your limitations. You're you're gonna for pigs. You're gonna need to be shooting quarter and away, right on the crease, lower one third. That's about it. Right. Deer two, and I and I have no you know (laughs) compunctions about you know you know waiting for the right shot and all that kind of stuff. But okay. Um. Yeah. And everyone says with the with those with those uh any kind of Simmons really, but even with the swamp sharks, like okay, well they out penetrate what they what they what you think they're gonna do. You know, they kind of they kind of um hit hit below their weight class kind of thing. So um I I don't know I haven't I haven't I haven't even I just got them I haven't even been to the range uh to shoot them you know like you know in anger at a target. Well, or I hate like, to pop you know, your damn flight. balloon, but I've had trouble with inch and a half wide brown heads. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll bow on bone. I, I don't plan. I don't plan to hit anything perfect, and right. I've had I've had some trouble just driving them. You know, it's a lot to ask if you shoulder blade one. It's a lot to ask. It's a right. humongous head. Yeah, it you is. hit them right, and it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be like a mechanical. It's gonna be a humongous wound because those curves are beautiful on that. Oh yeah. The tiger shark we've seen work really good. The narrower one, and then, um, but you'll be fine if you just. If you just, you know, keep yourself calm and shoot them where you're supposed to and take the shots you're supposed to, that's fine. Yeah. I, I get on a lot of podcasts with people hunting public property, and I was on the hunting public guys, and I said, for what you guys do, y'all shoot short shots. You're pretty ethical with your shot, you know, selection. You're not, you're not just winging them anywhere. You need to be shooting 600 grains at a single level because you don't get a choice. You get what comes when you're yeah. up swinging out of a tree on public property. You don't get perfect. I hunt over bait. It's Texas. You, yeah. you can wait. You know. You can wait. Yeah. They're not hunting in fields like 
there's a lot of pro hunter guys who hunt on fields. You can wait. You know, they're, deer's going to move around. These kids are just bailing ass off in the woods and swinging out of a tree in a tree saddle, and yeah. they get what they get. Yeah. I wouldn't hunt with anything less. I would just anchor them. You get a, they get a, a lot of the public stuff I see, they get a lot of quartering two shots, and they're more quartering two than you realize. And yeah. then they shoot them on the crease or behind the crease, and they gut shoot the damn things, and it's mm-hmm. all night long. Yes. When they could just go forward with a single bevel and 600 grains and break them. A deer is not that tough. Yeah. I got jillion pictures of broken shoulder blades, spines, all kind of stuff on my channel. And I've got them on my phone from people sending them to me. I, I got one guy who's shot two deer this year. He just stopped shooting them. He start, he shoots at the shoulder paddle now. Oh, wow. And he just, he passed through a deer. He sent me a picture of holes in two shoulder blades and a broken spine. He says, way easier. <laughs> they just fall down. They just fall down. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, anchoring them with, uh, you know, if you, if you're right, you know, with a rifle, right. I mean, a lot of, a lot of guys will shoot right into the shoulder. So it just breaks them down and, and drops them right there. You know, right. so he's, now, aiming, I, you know, he's yeah. aiming roughly lower one third. He said, I'm straight up the leg. I'm in front of the crease. And if they mm-hmm. don't move, it cuts the top of their heart off. And right. They're just dead. And when they drop, no problem. They snap. Yeah. Now the the other problem I found with um, with the Simmons is um, uh, it, maybe I, I, they are hard to freaking sharpen. I have tried I've tried everything. I've tried the rod sharpener. I've tried file sharp. Well, I, I've tried the ceramic rod sharpening. I don't have because 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 my Zwickies I file sharpen like with a with a mill bastard file, and then you know I'll I'll slowly take the burr off you know back and forth back and forth. And then I'll do the ceramic rod. Then I strop them on cardboard. I mean, like yeah. freaking, I, 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 it's therapeutic for me. I love sitting downstairs in my hovel hole, listening to podcasts and just sharpening, right? It could be creepy, yeah. you know, if it was in, if it was in like in a movie or something, yeah, sure, you know, if you were in a but, movie, you know, you'd be the weird guy with the red Yeah, stick. I'd be the weird guy in the basement. But, yeah, you know, sure. um, I've tried with, with the Simmons and I, I haven't tried the paper wheel. I haven't tried some other stuff, but they're really, really difficult to sharp. And what I, they're, what I would consider uh, maybe huntable you know, still because they're still sharp, but I can't pop hairs with them. You know, with my Zwickies, I can sit there and like shave my arm, like done, you know? Right. So so for those of y'all listening, we're having a little bit of a obsessive sidetrack here, but this is important stuff. So yeah, if you, I touch up every, every broadhead I get, I'm a huge fan of the Magnus stuff. That's Stinger Buzzcut and Killer and the Sarah Razor Magnus Black Hornet are absolutely fantastic. And Mike Som is a great man. And I touch up every head they send me myself. Nothing I've touched is sharp enough. The sharpest heads I've handled out of the package are tough head, um, the German kinetics from Germany, Mm -hmm. and the iron wheel stuff is that dude's got it figured out. They're sharp. But I I I I still run them on cardboard and get them to a next level. Here's why you do that. The blade does not improve upon impact. There's only one way the blade edge goes. Mm -hmm. It degrades. Yep. There's nothing else that could possibly occur. There's nothing in an animal that makes it better. Yep. You shoot an elk that's been wallowing, he's covered in dirt. And that eats broadheads. The highest loss animal from what I can tell from talking to biologists and stuff, is a bull elk. Yes. In archery. 
And pigs are, I always call them M&M pigs. So most of the boars I shoot are, for some reason, decide to lay in the mud. And you have to shoot through mud to kill them. Mm-hmm. So the wherever your edge starts, it will not be that good once it enters the thoracic cavity. That's between the ribs where stuff right. actually dies. Yep. If they don't start out super sharp, they're not going, they, they're going to, they're going to erode. And that, that is completely uncontrollable. You don't know how much erosion you're going to get. Right. You can't control what you're going to hit. It is not possible to say, I am going to shoot between the ribs. You're a slick son of a bitch if you can. Well, and you, you don't know, you don't know which, you don't know the time. orientation of the broadhead either when it hits. Yeah, right. You know, so, if it's a two blade broadhead, I mean, even if you, even if you were to aim, right, and you can, you somehow see like this emaciated animal with like ribs protruding, you're, you know, how, how do you, your arrow's spinning? You don't know if it's going to hit vertical or horizontal or in between. Right, and if you're arrogant enough to think they don't jump the string, right, then you're also delusional and need medication because. Right. They use, I have 100% string jumps on every video I've got. I haven't had anything stand still yet. Mm-hmm. So your delusional idea that you're going to shoot between the ribs and make the thing hit vertical has just gone out the window because right. the animals are moving. I'm not trying to be a jackass here. Oh no, It's yeah. a fact. You can't fix that. Yeah. So super crazy sharp matters. And then it goes down from there. I'm going to do a video on this. I took a broadhead. I took a grizzly yesterday and I put it on. I have a KME or whatever. And I put it on five different grits of sandpaper down to, you know, basically paper. Mm-hmm. 2,000 or 6,000. I don't even know what the hell it was. On one side. And then I file sharpened the other side and then buffed it with a moderately okay diamond to the mm-hmm. point that it would shave hair. Yeah. But it was still a grippy. When you when I shaved paper with one side, it was a very quiet sound. And the other yep. side you can hear it chipping. But it shaves paper nice. Right. Then I ran it through a piece of bacon. And I've got my macro lens out. And the the, the rougher side had bacon in the blade. And that's resistance. No, it's not sharp. No, no, I, that, that's what I mean. It's, it's resistance, you know, the fact that it had little bits, you oh, know, stuck yeah, in so there. It had yeah, like little so that, fingers yeah. on there picking stuff up. Yep. And this is microscopic things nobody talks about. Right. So what happens is your broadhead is constantly penetrating things that are mobile, gooey, and stretchy. Yep. That is also uncontrollable. There's nothing, the only hard things are bones, and that doesn't kill anything. Right. If a broadhead's picking up material as it goes through the animal, it's dull. It's literally filled with goo. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get these wonky-ass, no-blood-trail, 150-yard deals on a perfect hit. That is 100%. The blades are damaged on impact. They rough up. They grab skin, interstitial tissue, or shreds of meat. They're they're filled with it. Yeah. And they just kind of push a hole through the lungs. It's there's no other explanation. Yeah, instead of slicing and causing more correct. Uh, or, yes. So that's another great weakness of the mechanicals is the blade angles force the blades at a horizontal 
uh, impact point to the yeah. rib cage and everything, and they're pushing it a very um, unusual conceptually. You would never cut anything like that ever. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go into battle and hold the sword by the hilt and the yep. blade and run and try to slam people in the face with it. Yeah, with your with your sword facing like straight up and down, right? Yeah, hold it horizontally in front of you and yell real yeah. loud, go yeah, yeah. yeah. Into people. Yeah. It's not going to do anything. That's what a, the mechanicals do. So they they suffer this massive blade damage. Yeah. They pick up stuff. They're dull. And then they just don't do what they do or their magic. I will yeah. say I've shot a bunch of stuff with mechanicals and when they work, there's nothing like it. It's amazing. But I mean, we've you're had, blasting a hole through it. Is oh, what we've you're had doing. sprayed yeah. blood trees with look like somebody's sloshed paint on them. Yeah. Unbelievable things happen. We've had them save a couple animals where they shot them through the guts and guts shot out both sides and killed the hell out of them. Right. And then we've had zero. There's no, there was never in a middle. There's never 75 yards, pretty easy down. It was either crime scene or nothing. Yeah. And I've I never shot never anything with a mechanical. So, you know, so I oh. shot a bunch of stuff with them. I shot yeah. black wilder. I shot blue wildebeest in Africa right across the top of the heart with a rage. And it was absolutely right out of the videos. Blood right. shot out of him about two feet when it hit him. It was amazing. And then I said, here's, it's the golden goose. I got it figured out. I'm going to go kill pigs. Ha! Yeah. What were the reactions? What, 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 what have your reactions? Well, sorry. What were the animals reactions from Everything what I've you see? Everything I've the mechanical runs like I kicked it in the ass. Exactly. Right. Cause, cause it knows it's been hit by something. It's been a whack. It's a by pretty something. hard. It's well, you can hear it on video and then the pop must be pretty substantial. Oh, because yeah. so just, I know I'm bashing on the mechanicals a little bit. Just hang in there with me in now that I'm old and I've really started doing some research because I think I'm the only research person on YouTube to doing bow hunting research and trying to figure out stuff. Now, everybody else is just trying to sell product or say every broadhead's fine and get their subscribers up. I couldn't care less about that. I'm 50. I have plenty of confidence. <laughs> so um, the thing that we're seeing is your blood trails should be a secondary thing your first goal should be the most efficient system to kill them as fast as possible. One, it's humane, but two, a deer that goes 60 or a pig, any idiot's going to find it. Any of us. No blood. You'll find a damn deer in 60 yards because you can see where they ran. Right. Yeah, you stumble on it. There's thing. very few places where it's so thick you don't have an idea which way they went. Yeah. Most idiots get to cover 40 to 50 yards before the deer disappears. So they've gone another 20. You're going to find that deer. Yeah. If you hit them hard, if, if they don't bleed, and I must be the only person on earth who has, you know, inconsistent blood trails. Okay. So all you guys who are never, they never, there's always bleeding. There's plenty of blood. Just y'all, y'all just stop listening now because <laughs> you're not normal. And that's awesome. If that's the way it yeah. works. But for the rest of us humans and mortals, blood trail should be second. The first thing you need is kill them fast. Lower one-third, straight up the leg, hard in the shoulder, proper broadheads, and they yeah. won't run. 
Yeah, with um, w- with this last pig I shot, it was, like I said, it was with that Zwicky, you know, Escalite. It went straight through. It went it went double lung. Um, and and I really didn't know that 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 pigs could actually jump the string as much as they do because I've always they shot them with the rifles, right? They're the worst. Oh my god! And I know they don't. They never stop moving, right? I've shot enough of them to know. Even you know, because I try to shoot them in the head or behind the ear or whatever. Yeah. And um, you know, that was hard enough. You know, with with the rifle stuff. What whatever. <laughs> but um, anyway, I shot this thing. It kind of wheeled around. You know, right as the air was going to impact. But I still ended up, so it ended up kind of coming in hard quartering away, right behind the rib. But it went, it, autopsy was double long, right? It went in, went out the other side, zip right through. And, you know, it took us like, I'm going to say almost an hour to find this thing. And it probably only went 80 yards. They don't bleed. Now, they don't bleed. The blood trail was good at first and it kind of petered out they and we bleed. lost it. And, yep. and, and this was like a 120 pound sow. I mean, and you know, um, well, a year in Texas, I don't, I don't know if they got like the palmetto stuff like they do down in Florida, you know. But I mean, this, these, that thing can disappear under like a palmetto the size of like your average small coffee table. Yep. You know, and it's, it's amazing. And I'm like, man, the whole time I'm like, all right, I, 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 I'd never shot anything with the Zwickies before, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if it's a Zwicky, I don't know if it's the fact that's, uh. You know, maybe I just need to make a bigger hole. Maybe I need, you know, the whole time in my head, I'm like, man, I'm going to try yep. those Simmons or whatever, this and that, you know. And I actually did get, by the way, I um, I got the the land sharks, the 100 grain land sharks for uh, for my compound. Um, yep. And uh, those are like inch in, I don't know what they are, inch in, I, I don't know. They're, they're not quite as massive. They look tiny compared to the swamp sharks, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and those seem to be, you know, sharper. You know, but again, I'm I'm running into you know I can't I haven't quite gotten those things razor razor. So the sharp pig you yet. shot, you got a complete pass through. Yeah. Didn't bleed, which nobody you shouldn't expect them to bleed. They never bleed. Right. It went 80. It took a while to find it. That's pretty normal. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just surprising to me because that's I why I have a thermal before. scanner for my freaking yeah. phone. Yeah. I literally walk around in the dark with my thermal scanner, <laughs> following the book. Oh, oh, hey. Yeah. Red blob right there. That really is kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that. Yep. So, well, good, I don't know. good for I mean, you. I'm, I'm glad it. I'm glad it finally worked. You know, I mean, that's what I would expect. Yeah, they don't bleed. Yeah. And, 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 and I might just, you know, because I have so much confidence in in my sharpening abilities. You know, I might just say screw it and kind of go back to the, you know, just do those wikis. The thing with those wikis, though. Um, I, and I, 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 again, I don't have enough firsthand experience with it, but people say, well, you know, it's an, it's an aluminum ferrule, right? Cause it's like, a, it's like a two piece broadhead, right? You've got the, you know, it's, it's glued in, like the ferrule itself is glued into the, you know, broadhead proper, kind of like a, you know, yep. a grizzly or whatever. Yep. Um, yes, I do have, again, I've mixed and matched everything. I put in steel adapters in there, hundred grain, 75 grain, whatever. Um, but I've, I've kind of ended up with like a 175 grain broadhead with the, with the inserts and stuff that I, that I'm using on, on, on the tips of my, um, you know, for, for my trad stuff. And, um, I'm thinking, man, I really like these wikis cause A, they're cheap. B, I can sharpen the hell out of them. Um, but, you know, should I be concerned about, you know, it's structural integrity because it's, you know, it's, it's aluminum, aluminum ferrule, you know, I mean, not till you hit something hard. Yeah. You haven't hit anything hard yet. You'll that'll be your next that'll be your next evolution. When you when you finally hit something hard, right? You'll remember me and you'll go get a tough head. Well, I was just gonna lead into the tough head thing because that's kind of got you know me uh, me kind of curious. They don't um, they don't have anything 
as as light as I shoot. You know, not that I want to shoot like light up front, but you know, with my total arrow weight up front, I'm kind of in that 175 ish kind of grain. I think like the lightest they make is like a 200 or something like that or 210. Yeah, that, yeah they um, make the 190 meat head. But one nine, okay. So that, or you could go get cutthroats. They're 125, 150, 250. You could go get a Maasai from, um, from the grizzly stick guys. You'll, you'll, you'll get there. Now, it's just the next level of the next level. The next level of the next level is, is single metal. So you, you said you're a huge fan of the Stingers and they've got like a huge track record, right? Now, why the Stinger rather than like, like the tough head that's like a three to one? You know, I mean, a lot well, of slices. Well, there's a lot of people that there. don't want to shoot a single bevel, and there's a lot of people that don't know how to sharpen anything. Right. And there's also, I try not to price everybody out of the out of eternity. Mm-hmm. I have to take into consideration people have like kids, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cars to pay for. You know, this whole adulthood thing is annoying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a bummer. Right. So, I. I I have an array. The first broadhead that really changed the game for me was a Stinger Buzzcut two blade. That was the that was the when I first start. That's when I started shooting pigs, and they go fifty. And then I jumped and jumped, and then I went to Ashby and I told that story. And now I just load the front and run. I run the Hornet or the Stinger up front. So for thirty nine dollars, you get three. He's got a lifetime warranty, and Mike's a great guy. Now the Hornet fine. though kind of goes against the the whole three to one. God, I hated it. Yeah. Okay, I hated that head when he sent it to me. I thought it was all wrong. It looks like a diamond. It looks dumb. I mean, diamond shape, right? I mean, oh, yeah. stupid looking. I yeah. think right. It, it violates kind of all the rules. Except yeah. it just—it's horrible. I mean, it kills. Ugh. I I can hate it. But every time my friends use them at the ranch and they shoot pigs, foam sticking pop is blowing out both sides of the pigs. Why do you th- why do you, why do you think that is? Why why that particular one rather than something that's like a long slicing surface like like the meathead though or tough head? I does? don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer. Right? I don't know. It just works and it keeps working. And one of my subscribers this year, who I've been talking off the ledge and trying to get him to grow up a little bit, finally got a 550 grainer. And he shot a deer with the hornet, and he buried the hornet in the offside humerus. Mike's got it. We had it at ATA. Yeah. And and it's completely encased in the offside humerus. Wow. He boiled it out and gave it to Mike. I don't know why that head works so well. It's all, everything's theoretically wrong, but it is horrible on animals. It's so good. It's so good. And the stinger is... The classic longer, skinnier, Yep. no sound on impact. It zips through. You're likely to stick it in a tree or break it when it hits a rock on the pass-through. The deer don't run 50 yards kind of head. I mean, it's that's the first head I started shooting when you – if you shoot enough stuff, you start to see things. Yeah. And you, When the broadhead hits them and you watch them run, you can tell if they're freaked out or they think something happened. But you got to shoot a lot of things. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't see it until you've shot a lot of things. And when I see animals kind of bounding a little bit and they're not running real fast, they don't even know they're just leaving. Yeah, they know something happened, but nothing traumatic happened. Right, yet. If they're their just tails like, yeah, tucked, something feel right, and then right, if their tails tucked and their ass is down, they're yeah. hauling ass. I mean, they know right. they're hauling ass. Yeah, that's bad. By the way, your blood trail is going to suck when they're running. Oh forward. yeah, yeah. 
right? So back to what I said, kill them quick. When I see them kind of bounding a little bit and kind of looking normal, like they're just leaving when I spook them, like when you're going through the bushes and, you know, they don't really haul ass. They just run away from you. But there's like, yeah, whatever. And they run off. When you see that, you got them. Yeah, because when they do that, they don't run very far. They kind of they kind of run. run over in the woods and they're going to stop and they're going to look stop. and they fall over. Yeah, and they get woozy and lightheaded and tip over. Yeah. Most of my pigs, it's really really funny when when random people, family members and stuff hunt with me and they'll say, "Yeah, I shot one and it ran over and it was running around and then it ran off in the bushes." And I'm like, "Well, there's no reason to go anywhere. Just go in the bushes about 15 yards." And the damn things will make it. They'll run 200 yards to get in the bushes and then they'll die. Yeah. It's the damnest yeah, they, thing. Yeah. And uh, it just helps a lot. So yeah. to really be able to have an efficient system, maximize for penetration, maximize for pass-throughs, blood trail secondary. Now, I want to ask you about single bevel, right? We haven't really touched on that very much. Yep. Um, we've all heard, you know, the, like the S-cut that it does. We've yep. all heard that, you know, when it starts to get into bone, it has a twisting action to kind of help break bone. 100%. Now, now how much energy does that sap though? Because if it's trying to twist and you know, so it's, it's not a, independent of forward motion. So zero. Okay. Say that again. It's it, the twisting action is not independent of forward motion. It requires forward motion. Okay. So it's working together and it, the, and the pressure is directly lateral to the, to the broadhead so it doesn't really eat up a lot of energy compared to trying to chuck something else through a bone that has to actually uh take a nail and try to slam it through a bone mm -hmm. it's got to force it apart right. right what happens is the single bevel hits the bone pops and it clears and it keeps going it doesn't it, it, it clears it doesn't the way grind the its shaft. way through yeah it breaks the bone i've cut Two humeruses off with the tough head. My nephew shot through, it was an 80-pound pig, but quartering in and the dark, couldn't tell what angle he was shooting. He texted me and said, I think I missed one. And he had shot a 650 grainer with a single bevel on it. He broke the shoulder flat. He broke a spinal vertebrae off, complete pass through, exited behind the back rib on the opposite side, and he thought he missed Wow. Because it didn't make any noise. Yeah. And I said, well, go find your arrow. And he sent me a picture of blood. And I said, maybe you didn't miss. And it went 40 <laughs> yards. I shot one. I haven't had any hard impacts with like a thousand grainer. I shot one poor pig in the nuts oh. straight away with a thousand grainer with a tough head on it. Oh, that's a great shot. They run about 20 yards. They'd hate that. <laughs> Broadhead ended bad. up in his neck. He didn't oh, go geez. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happens is the single bevel hits. Every other broadhead on earth is trying to wedge its way through hard material. Mm -hmm. It's trying to force a hole. So it's sucking energy. Right. The single bevel hits and you like sticking a screwdriver in a two by four, just turn it and the whole Turns damn board it. pops. Right. Well, it clears. And it just keeps going. Yeah. It clears the way for the rest of the shaft. It actually then, rotates yeah. more in hard stuff. You shoot one right in the ribs and shoot between the ribs and won't rotate a lot. Right. It's not consistent. It's 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 inconsistent and more 
severe and hard material. Okay. Which is to your advantage. Right. Yeah. If yeah, if anything, you're trying to break through. So, it's having said all that, right? So a guy listening to this is like, okay, so he's saying, uh, you know, Troy is saying, okay, um, we got the long three to one single bevel. That's you know super, you know, super awesome. Then we've got you know, he's saying all this great stuff about this short, fat diamond looking, yeah. um, you know, hornet or whatever, yeah. or, or like yeah. a regular looking stinger. So. Yeah. I know you shoot a bunch of different stuff because everyone sends you, you know, shit to test and everyone, you know, yeah. whatever. But I mean, like end of the world, you know, apocalypse is coming. I mean, what do you what's your setup? What 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 will you settle on? Let's say for a compound and then for a for a trad bow. They'd be both shooting 600 grains, perfectly paper, perfectly bare shafted. And I'd run single bevels on it because I can hand sharpen them. OK. The average guy out there listening to this podcast, if you're thinking you can email me, Troy at ranchberry.com and I'll help you. Um, you want to, sh- if you're just a deer hunter, normal person, 550 is your goal. Perfect bear shaft flight though. Go to my high FOC playlist, high FOC air bu- aero building playlist. And I've got a bunch of stuff on knock tuning, insert tuning, bear shaft tuning, all blah, 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 blah. Okay. Or yeah. text me or email me and I'll help you get along the way. That's why I built those videos. People say, how do I do this? I just answer with the video. Yeah. It's easier than typing out a four page freaking email to somebody. So um, if 525 flies perfect and 550 doesn't shoot 525. Right. If 575 flies better than 525, shoot 575. Don't shoot 525 because you're jacked on the speed and the damn thing's flying sideways. Right. It's not going to be accurate. Again, efficiency and accuracy, right? Yeah. You want the perfect flying arrow, except what shoots for you. You can't shoot my trad bow bear shaft, and I can't bear shaft yours. Right. With your setup. Yeah. It won't work. We do everything. All of us are different. It's totally custom. Yeah. No, absolutely. So that's Um, why you got to move the field points around. And find out what's your bow. I mean, I got an obsession here that shoots real soft. And it, I can shoot 340 spine arrows with 400 grains up front out of it. Yeah. But Pamela, my excursion six, it's an absolute screamer. of a six, You know, it's got a six-inch brace height. It's an absolute screamer IBO. That's what everybody tells me. And I got to shoot 250 spine arrows out of it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so much faster. It's five pounds heavier. Same draw. Right. But it's just a – it's very aggressive. Yeah, that six has got pretty aggressive cams. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah so, sure. Yeah, yeah, so, the initial hit of energy into there's, um, you know, two two things I want to touch on. One, a lot of people will sit there and say, "Well, what's going to happen to my trajectory if I keep, you know, shooting heavier and heavier?" Who cares? Well, number one, who cares? Number two, <laughs> <laughs> number two, you're probably not going to in practical hunting distances, right? I, you're probably not going to lose as much as you think because that heavy arrow will tend to carry like a heavy arrow. It, okay. It's not going as fast initially, but it's loot because it's got inertia. It's got, it's got momentum. It's, it's heavier. So it loses speed so I've got data at a slower this. rate. Big Mike Tanaka, one of my subscribers, the wizard who is just tests. Every, I mean, he's ridiculous. The man knows everything. He's the only person I know who's dumb enough or smart enough to shoot through his chronograph at a hundred. 
<laughs> he shoots he shoots an 83 pound compound Matthews monster at 31 inches. So any of you, you know, he's top one percent. The rest of you ass clowns are not shooting as fast as he is. Okay. He actually tested this. A 450 grain arrow at 100 yards lost 40 feet per second. Yeah. It was completely unacceptable at impact. You could almost not kill a groundhog. It's so slow compared to kinetic energy charts. Mm-hmm. Okay. At muzzle, he's running in 300 and something feet per second. Yeah. At the muzzle. At impact at 100, he's running 260, 270. Okay. He shot a 1,000 grain arrow and it lost 10 feet per second. Yeah. Over 100 yards. It's just hauling the mail. It's harder to slow down. It's hauling the mail. It wasn't nearly as fast. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't erode. And so for practical hunting distances, this is what you do. You move your pins. And if you have to shoot 40 yards, you put the 40-yard pin on there. And you hit the trigger, and it shoots 40 yards. Exactly, right? I what, sound what like a, a complete smartass. I know what, that. But what a shock. <laughs> no, it's just people don't think, and it's okay. No. You know, um, a couple, two, two analogies. For anybody that, that is also into guns, right, um, or shoots, like, you know, long distance. I don't shoot long distance or whatever, but you know, anybody that shoots, like, let's say, like a 1,000-meter competition or 1,000-yard. They're 1, shooting yard, really heavy bullets. They're shooting heavy bullets. You don't shoot that with a 5.56 five, or two two three, nope. right? Granted, nope. it's a screamer at 100, 200 yards. That's correct. But heavier, like a 308 or a 338 that weighs, like, 250 grains, which is heavy correct. for a bullet. You know, it. It, it it carries like a 50 BMG. There's a reason they shoot those goddamn things two miles and, you know, blow the heads off of, you know, terrorists. You know, right. I mean, that's because, because they're consistent. They slow down. Yeah, they're consistent and they don't slow it down. Another way to think about it, too, is, um, you know, I do the, the bass boat versus uh, aircraft carrier analogy, right? Like a bass boat. I don't have a bass boat, but I mean, like one that's like, you know, super high zoot, whatever, right? I mean, you can get that thing going, what, on the water, 50, 60 miles an hour, probably, right? Yep. Maybe more, you know, but you chop the throttle on a bass boat and what, it comes down and it stops and it com- complete stop, what, in under 50 yards, 100 yards, yep. right? Comes down off the keel or whatever. Aircraft right? carrier is yeah. a little harder. Aircraft carrier is doing like 25, 30 knots. You chop the throttle on that thing and it coasts for five miles. <laughs> five miles. Yep, you know, same right. with a super tanker. <coughs> okay. So that's the analogy. So anyway, the, the in, in practical hunting distances, I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. And if anyone's worried about 40, 50 yards or whatever, I don't shoot that far. You're probably not going to lose as much um, elevation as you think you are. You know, I mean, it's when it's, I started shooting 650 or 70, maybe 700, I don't remember what it was on my switchback. I put a 25 and a 40 on and that's all. Yeah. And I, and I just gap shot everything. You got everything covered. I, I tried to do the gap thing and me, my, my OCD brain can't handle that. I need my 20, 30, 40, you know, and then. Yeah, right. That's fine. I don't <laughs> you know, but, crap. I, I, but, but that, I get what I you're saying. Yeah, I have I get what target you're saying. panic real bad. And yeah. With those big pin gaps, I could see. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I did I very well stalking and stuff because it you, was always a hold off. I was never holding the pin on. Yeah, so it was more of a reference. It's more like instinctive with pins. I was just going to say, do you know what helped me get a, I, I I got target panic back. I got to really, really fight hard, you know, with my compound. Just but buy what, an, go, go buy the EZV site. That'll fix that. Well, that'll fix that. And shooting traditional will fix that, too, because with with traditional, 
my I don't I don't gap shoot per se. I do like a gap stinctive kind of thing. It's like a yeah. feels good sight picture. But I know my pin is my my pin my the tip of my arrow is there. My you know I could see it, but it's floating at the six o'clock low position. Yeah. So my brain is like, oh, it's okay. It's not exactly on the dot that you want to hit. So it kind of subvert, it kind of um, uh, uh, subverts, uh, you know, in my mind, the target panic. Com- if you have target panic with pins, <laughs> buy the EZV site. It's it's the only solution. Yeah, I've I've looked at that. I've thought about it. Uh, my panic's not that bad, you know, and it's and mine's it, terrible. And I'm talking like trying to shoot spots, you know, indoor, whatever, you know, it, trying to get, you know, with, you know on the dot or inch perfect that damn easy besides badass that thing is death uh, yeah it's it's i don't know especially since you shoot instinctive it is the it is the compound's answer to instinctive with a reference it's unbelievable how easy it is to shoot i've been shooting that thing for three years i got on every bow i shoot it on my little dick dick bow my little 43 pounder yeah and that thing has saved my ass i mean it's just been a very it's a killer bow hunting site i mean i love the thing and it's so simple once your brain starts to you stop thinking there's no mental gymnastics you don't think about distance i don't even know how far i shoot 90 i just walk around in the freaking yard shooting i I don't even i don't even know how far it is and i'm just running 760 grains right now on my compound and i've got it running out to 50 yards on the easy side it's just fine if when I make a mistake, the arrow doesn't hit where it's supposed to. Like yeah. I drop the bow or whatever. It's a classic, you know, stupid miss. Stupid, yeah, right. Drop when I do my job, that thing's that's just an animal. You yeah. would, you would, you would adapt to it so quickly because you shoot a stick bow. You think so? I, I'm I'm pretty good at keeping the two apart. You know, like my the trad side versus the yeah the crossover. And, would and be I'm like ninety percent for ten years. Yeah, I'm ninety percent. I didn't shoot a compound stuff anyway. For it 10 years. Point. I got my, my target panic got so bad. I just went straight stick bow. Did it really? Yep. And then I went back to shooting a compound and I had this mental gymnastics crap I had to go through. And my only way I could solve it was one pin zeroed at 22 yards. And I just held off. And when I held off, I did okay. And that's instinctive shooting with a reference. Yeah. yeah with a reference. Yep. And then when, when I was never 22 yards from anything, I was always low up down. I could see. My yeah. problem was I can't put the pin on the damn spot. I got I need to see, and I did fine. And then yeah. when I saw the EZV site, because the pigs move so much, they you'll laser them and they they move five yards. When they move seven, and they chase each other around, it's all over. You got to re zero. You got to re laser. Right. It's a pain in the ass. This saves you from having to do that all the time. You just, the gap, you just change, yeah, man, yeah. No, whack. Yeah. I shot one in the dark. It had to be 35 or 40 yards. I don't know how far. It was, long. It was far because the arrow went a long way in the air. I was amazed how far it was. In the smooth dark, stalking in the dark, I have a, a bow-mounted light, and I was with my son. He's videoing, and the pig runs out in front of us, and he whistles, and I just looked through the V and, and in the smooth dark and said, pa, and broke his back. I mean, I hit him right, broke his back. The scap, he rolled when the arrow was in the air, and it broke his spine. Wow. And I was like, great, no tracking. He's right there. So it's been a fun thing to play with. It's really, yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, man, this is uh, this has been good. We've been going for about an hour and a half here. So I'm going to I'm gonna 
let you go and do whatever it is that you do at night, whether it's killing pigs or go to <laughs> going sleep. to sleep or I'm whatever. I'm old, man. <laughs> Can't stay up past I'm 45. I'm die. feeling it too, man. I, I, I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. It's, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I, so I do appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, doing this uh, kind of last minute. I said, hey, can we do one quick tonight? And you're like, yeah, sure. So I appreciate that. Um, I think you've, you've kind of... I knew the direction that I wanted to go anyway with it. You know, like I said, I, I, I liked, I, I like what I got with, with, with my stick bow stuff right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm leaning toward going back to just doing something like a Zwicky, something I can like make like razor, razor sharp, especially from the fact that I'm only shooting, you know, 40 to 43 pounds, right? Number yep. one on that. Yep. I, I like the weight that I'm at five fifty, five sixty. Um, you know, it gives me a good kind of, you know, and it's not, and it's, it's, and you know, with a stick bow too, it's not just, um, thinking about, well, is it fast enough? It's not, it's not necessarily for, for speed for that, but it's the trajectory that, 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 that we see as a shooter so, so that we can get our, you know, um, your brain so, working, right? Your brain working. Yeah. Like you're, you're <laughs> used to a certain trajectory. You're used to a certain, um, you know, sight picture, right? So, I, I like that, you know, so that had that that plays a factor in it, too. It's not just, you know, we don't have a sight pin, you know, but we kind of do when you see the tip of the arrow. So everything kind of like is, is in a kind of well, happy it's time spot. to grow up. You need to put that, that white arrow on your compound. You need to you just need to shoot the laser beams. It's like a lightsaber. 550 is like a lightsaber. It's Five, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's and that's the other thing. The, the 450s I got on the 450 grainers. They fly so goddamn good, but you know it's 14% FOC, um, you know, and it's one of those I haven't had a problem with it until I have a problem with it. So going into this year, I'm 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 thinking like, okay, well, if I step up to, um, you know, they're 400 spine right now, right? Um, and it's actually a gold tip traditional because I had some traditional shafts sure. that I cut short too short. Yeah, for you're my, shooting for my a Twizzler, stuff. man. That thing's gonna wobble like crazy on impact. I'm glad it's working for you. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's, and they're 28 inch, you know, whatever, like I said, 400 spine. And I've only got, like I said, I got a 50, uh, what do I got up front? I got 50 grain brass and I got that hundred grain, uh, land shark. Now, again, I have not, I've, I have not shot that one. Right. But yeah, I'm kind of thinking it, like crazy. it's going to what? Penetrate like crazy. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, you know, if I step down or step up, whichever way you want to think about it to a 340 spine, you know, and then um, just to just just to get the weight up, because with a compound, there's really no such thing as Archer's Paradox, right? Because, I mean, if the thing is center shot and the thing comes off in a dead straight line, you know, we're not trying to curve around a riser like like we are in, in a trad boat. They uh, paradox so, up and down. They, they paradox up and down when you get some lateral or from, from vertical knock travel. And, and if you, you know, if you got wonky cams or cam lean or whatever, you can have some lateral knock travel too. But, you know, I, I think you'd agree. And I found anyway, like a stiffer shaft is the way to go rather than a weaker one. When it, like, if you're going to err on the side of, of something, go to the stiffer shaft. A, it's a stronger shaft. B, it's, it's yeah, going to put a 300 spine on that damn thing. You'll be fine. Three, 300. Yeah. Why I was not? doing the calculations on the gold tip calculator the other day, and if I do a 340 and still run what I got, I'll be up to I don't I don't quite break the 18% FOC there, but I think I'll be up to like 538 or something like that. So I was really I was really thinking about that. I want to be over 500 minimum, you know, is is, is my thing. You know, 550. If the 340 will fly and it'll fly bare yeah. shaft, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. If it won't, I'd get a velocity 340, it's, and that would move front. The velocity is the ones that are kind of weaker, though. I've, I've heard some not so great stuff. Or, or is, I don't is that... believe in that crap. 
I've shot the hell out of them. They're fine. Yeah? It's just freaking internet chatter from Archery Talk. Those bozos <laughs> over there will tell you everything you want to hear. So I've, yeah, don't I've, listen to them. I never shot any. That's any a bunch things. of BS. They've got a super light knock in them. They've done a few things. They're yeah. fine. There's one way to find out. Go buy one from somebody and go shoot it. There's no yeah. other way to find out. Oh, your your tiers, your tiers. Let, let's go through this one last time. Your tiers of uh, 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 what is it? Twizzler, adult arrow. Walk me through that real quick. Okay, so a Twizzler is a typical underspined arrow on the planet. So you'll go to the shop, and to help you go fast, they're going to give you a 400 spine arrow on a 60 pound bow. Yeah, it's underspined, and it hits like a metronome and wobbles. Go to the Ranch Ferry channel, look for Impact Paradox video. I shoot a standard 340 with aluminum insert and 100 grain point. I shoot a five or 600 grain arrow, and I shoot a 1,035 grain arrow with a 700 grain point. And the 1,000 grainer doesn't even wiggle on impact. The wow. 340 looks like a metronome. Yep. Anyway, so a twi- that's what a Twizzler is. A Twizzler is a moderately underspined arrow, so you can shoot super fast. And when it hits on impact, it bends like a banana. Yep. And I have my own language for arrows. So skeet loads anything under 450. Uh, I have the high uh, heavy dove load is four, 550 to 450. Heavy dove load, okay. <laughs> heavy dove load. It's like, a, it's like a shotgun shell chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, an adult arrow, this is where it airs off the rails a little bit, is 550 to 650. Okay. And then a magnum is 650 plus. 650 plus. And 700 grains. 550 is the first jump, and 700, it gets stupid. Yeah. 700, all front loaded with a single bevel on it, gets to be freaking hilarious. <laughs> you can shoot them anywhere. Yeah. You just aim lower one third, walk, especially deer. They're done. Yeah. You may spine a lot of them when they jump the string because they're going to jump the string anyway, and it won't bonk. They'll fall down right there. But yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's abuse. It's almost abusive, but not really. It's almost abusive. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to be, like I said, it's a perfect time for me to start tinkering again, you know, before, uh, you know, turkey season and all that stuff. And, Build well, a I mean, 700 grain arrow, yeah. about 28%, just for the hell of it, since you like to tinker and shoot it. With uh, with a trad bow or with uh, any no. with the with compound. <laughs> Go get a three hundred spine. You shooting sixty? I'm shooting fifty like fifty four pounds. Oh, fifty four pounds. Yeah, twenty eight. Three hundred spine arrow and put a two hundred grain insert in it, a three hundred grain point, and shoot it. Yeah. You better have a good target. Don't put it in front of your house. Yeah. No, they tend to. They tend to. They, they, <laughs> Overpenetrate. Well, <laughs> there's no such thing as overpenetration on the shop. <laughs> if I go when I have talked to people at shops, which I've stopped doing, but back when I used to, yeah, and said I shoot 700 grain arrows, they're they almost 100% say, What the hell are you hunting, elephants? Which means they 100% understand that that arrow will not stop, yeah. And I say, No, I shoot deer and turkeys and stuff. Well, why would you do that? Well, because it doesn't stop. Yeah, you yeah. don't need that to kill a deer. But you just said you understand that it's going to go through it. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a Cape Buffalo arrow for my friends who've done it. 
It's, yeah, you it may not need it down. To, it scales yeah, you, down better. You may not need it to kill the deer, but you may need it to kill a shoulder blade. You know, that's I mean, correct. You know what I mean? I'm so, not planning for perfect. When you shoot, planning. this is I said this on the hunting public and a couple of bow hunter chronicles, and I always try to finish by this: if you do what I am, t- am proposing, you will not become less efficient. You will not. You will, and that is about impact. Yeah. I couldn't care less about your bow, your matching bow strings, how much your stabs weigh. I don't care. I'm not trying to be a jackass. It doesn't freaking matter. Have fun with all that. Yeah. Buy whatever you want. I don't care. The arrow does not know what's pushing it. But at impact, if your arrow is a piece of crap, and that's all that really matters. It has a higher percentage chance of not being efficient. And my channel is all about maximizing impact efficiency so you get your deer. We don't have unlimited days in the field. There's a lot of places that have week, two week long seasons. Or you got one tag. You took off a week of work, you got kids at the house, and you get two shots, and two of them were quartering in. Yeah. And, and, and you either choose to not take that shot because you're ethical, I'm okay with that. Or you say, I hope this works, and you shoot one through the guts because you aim too far back, and you lose your deer. Right. <clears throat> okay, you lost a deer. You also lost a week of vacation. You're kind of pissed off. You go home with no deer, and the kids laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's just, to me, it's very linear. But I'm borderline Asperger's syndrome, so I'm not really concerned with the plight of others. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. On, on that note, um, I think uh, we'll wrap this up. So anybody wants to find you, you are... Ranch Ferry. If they look up Ranch just, Ferry, you just Google it. It's easier. Yeah, I'm Instagram. on Instagram and all that crap yeah, on the Ranch Ferry, right? but just go on Google and hit the Ranch Ferry because I yeah. chose that name as a pretty good marketing decision. Oh, yeah. There's not another person on the planet that's going to be called themselves the Ranch Ferry. It's just too much tan guys with nice teeth and big trucks <laughs> and tough guy stuff and steroids and all that. It has a so right? Yeah. You just Google the Ranch Ferry. You'll see my grin and ass. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's the easiest way to find me. My email is troy at ranchberry.com. If you have any questions, you want to grow up a little bit, you don't want to tell your friends, you need psychological counseling, I'm here to help. I honestly am here to help you become more successful um, in the woods. I want you, for this precious time that we get to hunt, I want you to win. I want you to be, I want you to know you've got something in your hands and get the job done. And I'll help yeah. you do it. That's what I'm about. Cool, man. Hang on with me uh, after I stop recording here. So uh, okay. I want, I want, I want to thank you uh, for for coming on again. Sure. It's uh, I've been waiting to have this conversation with you, and I like awesome. I, I love I love geeking out. I love talking arrows. I love talking builds and setups and all that yeah. stuff. And uh, you're one of the few people who actually can back up, you know what what we're talking about rather than conjecture and stuff. So I had a lot of questions, and uh, you know I appreciate that. So um, Everybody go check out all his stuff. Uh, trust me, you he, he's a hoot to watch. He's a hoot to listen to. And, uh, you know, he sometimes you come off as a little bit comical sometimes, but there is a lot of goddamn data in there that uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, you know. I try to keep it entertaining. 
it's it's definitely entertaining, but there's That's a lot cool. of substance behind it. So yep. with that Thank said, uh, I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks.